All right, Kelly Robinson, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program on this. Uh, man, it's been a string of nice days, hasn't it? This is why we live in Texas. July 10th at 105 degrees, that's not why we live in Texas. This is why we live here. It's beautiful. Blue bonnets are finishing up a wonderful season. Other wildflowers coming along. Galardias before long. Oh, my goodness, it's beautiful across Texas right now. Welcome to our program. I'm here to talk about the landscape and garden around your house. Urban horticulture is my topic, and I'd like to have you involved. If I can help you with a plant question, please call right now. Jared Taylor is answering the phones and uh, running the board. He is doing all the uh, all the juggling it takes to keep this program going. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. I know a lot of folks are working in their landscapes and, and gardens. A lot of people are in garden centers right now or headed that way or coming home from garden centers. If I can help you with any of your plant questions, please give us a call. It's the best time of the gardening year. 888 888- Two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. So uh, this is a, a time when we can talk about getting your lawn up and running. Uh, I live in the northern half of the state, and St. Augustine looks terrible right now across much of Texas. Terrible. It's really been hurt by the cold, and then take all root rot. If your lawn is yellowed and 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 sparse to come back especially if it has a yellowed cast in, in blotches across the lawn, that's take-all root rot or take-all patch, T-A-R-R. Look that one up online and, and put a university, uh, the word university in your search, university take-all root rot, and uh, that'll get you into the professional uh, information, keep you out of the home remedy category. Ugh, these... Uh, Blogs and opinions and home remedies just drive me nuts. So I just always put university in my search because I want to see what the scientists have to tell us. I, I'm a very much a science-based person because that's what my dad did for a living. And that's what I did for a good many years with the extension service. So there you are. But uh, anyway, the, the, the current uh, product of choice, we had no product of choice for a long time. This is a comparatively new disease. It's a cool season disease. The current thinking is the fungicide azoxystrobin, I'll spell it for you in a moment, is the best thing going for take-all root rot and some of the other St. Augustine diseases, I might add, like a gray leaf spot in the summer and brown patch in the fall. Azoxystrobin, A-Z-O-X-Y-S-T-R-O-B-I-N. Can you imagine how many points you'd get in Scrabble with that word, <laughs> especially properly placed. Oh, my goodness. A-Z-O-X-Y-S-T-R-O-B-I-N. It's available at the consumer level as Halt's Disease X. Halt's Disease X. That's a Scott's product. I do not have any vested interest in, in Scott's products. It's not a plug. There's nothing going on there. It's just they, they're the ones who have it, and nobody else does yet, I don't believe. And it does a, a good job, the good job, on take-all root rot. All right, what else? You need to fertilize your lawn now. Lots of good brands of fertilizer. What you're looking for is a fertilizer that is very high in the first number, if not 
the only element that you need to add, all nitrogen or high nitrogen. If you're in a clay soil, the first number is all you need to add. If you're in a sandy soil, it would be okay to have a little bit of the other two numbers, phosphorus and uh, potassium. But that middle number, phosphorus, is uh, especially challenging if you're in a clay soil because it accumulates in clay and can become detrimental to your plants. So uh, occasionally you want to have a soil test run, maybe every four or five years or four years, and just monitor that middle number especially. You're always going to be low on nitrogen, the first number. But uh, at the... At the at the worst, you would want to do a 3 or 4, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, or 4, 1, 2 ratio, like 15, 5, 10, or 25, 10, or something like that. 24, 6, 12 is a 4, 1, 2 ratio, and that would be for sandy soils. It's very likely that every plant that you're growing would be better off with an all-nitrogen fertilizer. If it has some potassium in it, the third number, it's not the end of the world. Have I worn you out with that topic already? Uh, probably so, so I'll just stop on that one. That's enough. Let's get some calls in here. This joint needs some calls. 888-256-80 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Take our first break, and then we'll come back and, and get right on to the calls. Neil's phrase, Lone Star Gardening, is my book, and it explains all about fertilizers, so you can read it and reread it if you need to. It does it fairly simply. Uh, my editor made sure of that. She's a wonderful editor, Carolyn Skye. Uh, so uh, if you'd like to get a copy of the book with 344 pages and uh, 840 of my photographs, the first uh, chapter is uh, the basics of gardening. That's where the uh, fertilizer information is. Second chapter is a calendar, a 48-page calendar, four pages per month that tell you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of your plants all the way through the gardening year. And then uh, chapters uh, 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. It's all in the book, and it's written for every county in the state of Texas. Now, you would expect to pay for a book with that much uh, page count and in color with a hardback and printed in Texas. You'd expect to pay maybe $55, $60. That's not uncommon. But this one is $36.95. One reason is that I self-published this book so I didn't have to go through a publishing house. I also chose not to put it in stores, so there go the distributors, and there goes the store markup, and I chose also not to put it on Amazon. It's available only from my office or my website. You'll get a signed copy, and you'll get my guarantee of your satisfaction or a full refund. Just $36.95. Here are the two ways you can order it right now, one of them. The other, you have to wait till Monday. You can call my office Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, and that number is 800-752-GROW. 1-800-752-4769. The better way is to order it directly from my website right now, because that's always available to you. A lot more information on the book there. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening at N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America, but I want to tell you about something that's been made in America for more than 90 years. That's Mueller Metal Roofing and Mueller Steel, made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or maybe a shed or a greenhouse with a backyard, 
Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. You need to remember that if something's been around for 90 years and making customers' dreams come true, they're doing something right, and Mueller certainly is. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R. 877-268-3553 or MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Let me uh, reemphasize that phone number. It is 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Let's fill those lines up right now. Broadcast from Amarillo to Victorian Corpus Christi and from Alpine to Crockett, Bryan College Station through the heart of Texas as well. A lot of the stations in the big country and um, Madisonville up Interstate 45, just all around. And I enjoy doing this very much. Hope you pick up the phone and give me a call. Let me help you with your plant uh, questions. It's as simple as that. I want to get myself caught up here on my break so I don't uh, run the program break at the end of the program. So I'm going to talk to you for just a moment and then we'll uh, then we'll get it underway. But it's 888 256 10 888-256-1080. If you are getting ready to plant your summer color program, I want to make a suggestion to you, and that is that you choose things that have the best possible chance of lasting well into the summer and even through the summer. There are some things that you can plant now that will last for six or seven weeks, and then they'll kind of be done. And then there are some, and, and that's fine. If you, maybe you have a big event, maybe a graduation party or something like that coming up at the end of May, and you want to have the garden looking its very best, then plants like petunias would be fabulous because they will look just dazzling at that point, but they give it up when it gets really hot. Impatience will do the same thing. Uh, but then if you have uh, something scheduled in late June or July, you need to choose other plants that will really hold together a whole lot better. And just off the top of my head, I'll start mentioning some of my favorites, but but I'm going to leave a lot out just uh, because there's so many that uh, you, you can't, unless you have a list, you can't cover them all. I am a big fan of trailing lantana, for example. Uh, that is uh, a great plant, and new gold is the is has been for 35 years probably, or 40 years, the standard of excellence. You'd think there would be some breeding work to get other types of lantana, but that's still a, a fabulous one, and there are lots of other good ones. Uh, trailing uh, uh, lavender lantanas also look pretty. Uh, then you get into uh, uh, plants like angelonia is, uh, is a great one. It's a little like a small uh, uh, snapdragon. Just a beautiful plant that's really hit the big time in the last 20 or 25 years. I like fan flower, scavola. They last all the way through the summer. So do pentas. We've had uh, we've had some nice improvements in pentas in the last uh, uh, 25 years. When I was a kid, they were big and lanky. Boy, they're beautiful now and compact. They will do very well for you. And uh, 
of course, some of the foliage plants like uh, fire uh, bush and and the purple fountain grass. Fire bush does color up beautifully in the fall and does bloom beautifully in the fall as well. And some new improved uh, colors of copper plants. Uh, just things that I like, and, and there are a lot. Those are not necessarily the most popular of the color plants, but they're some of the most popular at our house. I'm still a big fan of hybrid purslane, the, the uh, sister of moss rose. So Anyway. Let me get a, a break out of the way, and then we're going to come back and go to our first couple of calls. Uh, the uh, product, uh, the company, is Fertilome, and the product is Crabgrass Preventer and uh, Lawn uh, Fertilizer. Fertilome Crabgrass Preventer plus Lawn Food contains dimension to prevent unsightly weeds like crabgrass from popping up. Maybe you've already put out pre-emergent uh, six or eight weeks ago, and that's great. And this also contains a slow-release 20 zero three fertilizer you hear that that's exactly what we're talking about just a few minutes ago it'll green up your lawn and keep it fed for up to eight weeks apply it now to landscape areas established lawns and ornamental turf and soon your lawn will be a beautiful weed-free lawn for up to four months for best results apply fertilome crabgrass preventer plus lawn food within few days after mowing and delay mowing again for a few days after the application. You want to water it in as soon as you put it out there. No matter where you live, from that same uh, set of boundaries that I mentioned to you earlier, there are no boundaries really, but that's from uh, the Panhandle to the Gulf Coast and from the Big Bend Country to Sabine River. This is a great product for you. And you can find it at Fertilome Dealers, Fertilome and High Yield Dealers all across Texas. This is a company that is just uh, always promoting independent retail garden centers, and hardware stores, and uh, also feed stores. Fertilome and high yield products, and the one specifically now is crabgrass preventer Fertilome plus lawn food containing dimension. I hope you'll ask for it by name, Fertilome and high yield products. They will do you right. More after these messages. Thank you very much, and welcome back. You didn't go anywhere. I didn't go anywhere, so who's back? Well, we're here. Let's uh, talk gardening with uh, with callers. Again, we have a line open. If you want to grab that line, grab it now. 888-256-1080. David at Lake Texoma. David, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Love your show. Hey, we. I live on the Oklahoma side of... Uh, Lake Texoma have some property there. We got hit with a tornado 12 months ago. Uh, we lost a lot of trees. Some were untouched, but I got one big oak tree. It's either a red oak or a white oak. It's about 50 foot tall, maybe 30 inches in diameter in the trunk. The tree got twisted or torqued somehow by the tornado. Um, over the winter time, it lost lost bark on two thirds of the trunk. The bark just kind of flaked and fell off. Um, in the springtime, it just recently has leafed out. And uh, I'm wondering, my question is, can this 50-foot tree survive with only one-third of its bark on the trunk? It isn't fully girdled, but uh, it lost you know, the bark about two-thirds of the way around. And what can I do to try to keep it alive? Well, you probably can't do much other than just be patient with it. And is near your house or near a water source? Yeah, it's it's, a, uh, a, it's a close hose. to the 
Yeah. Yes, it is. It's close to the house, close yeah. enough to water. It's in, in the part of the yard that's. Yeah, that would the be the only thing. If we, if you, yeah, if you were to hit a a drought like we did last year, um, you might want to you might want to irrigate it. But you know what? It went through a biblical drought last year, and and to some degree, whatever degree, survived it. So, yeah, I don't know that I'd spend a lot of time worrying about. It. I wonder if I'll have water or not. Time is going to tell, David, and there's no way of predicting. It's it's kind of like a lightning strike. How bad was it? We know until we kind of watch it for a while. The fact that it's still alive and trying to grow this sign, the fact that it's lost two-thirds of the bark around the trunk is a very bad sign because usually the dividing line is about 50%. And so that worries me. But, you know, we're to a point where we can't do much about that. It is what it is, and, and we'll just have to wait and see. Um, how much how much foliage did it lose last summer during the drought? Did it drop a ton of leaves way early? It, it did not because it lost some big limbs. And probably the tornado probably took out a third of the big limbs anyway. So it was... Uh, uh, <laughs> It, it took a pretty good hit. Yeah, I understand. Um, well, that took off some of the, I, I just refer to that as drag on the root system. The the demand on the root system was reduced by the, we'll call it pruning, kind of an abrupt pruning. Um, I'll tell you right. one thing you could do. If it looks like the tree has any chance of, of healing and, and saving itself, one thing you must do is make sure there are no stubs left. Don't leave any branches that are, are broken or cracked that could decay and, and decay back into the main trunk. Now, mind you, I'm giving right. you a generic answer without the benefit of seeing the tree. I might look at that tree and say, oh, don't spend any on that tree, or wow, that is really worth saving. It, it's, uh, you know, I can see new growth coming, and it's trying to get back on track. Um, a, a certified arborist would be able to help you with that, if you have somebody of that sort somewhere near, I, I think of all the big cities on the north side of the Red River, and I'm thinking, and I'm still thinking, <laughs> and so that's where the certified arborists are likely to be. Yeah, you got the message. Yeah. <laughs> so, But yeah. I'll tell you how you can find if there is one, and that's to go to the International Society of Arboriculture, isa.org. Thank heavens they let you use the abbreviation isa.org and uh, then enter the phrase find a certified arborist and you enter your zip code and it finds the nearest ones you, you you tell it you want somebody within 25 miles and if if you're out in far west texas or out in the oklahoma panhandle you may have to broaden a little bit but because of where you are you might not have to and it'll tell you who the nearest certified arborist is, and that's somebody who would know how to look at the tree and tell it. The problem may be that it would be somebody working for a timber company or a power company or somebody who doesn't do consulting work. But that's that's going to yeah. be your best bet. Then I would not, I'm, I'm going to give you a really stern warning here, and that is do not climb the tree yourself unless you're a, a certified arborist yourself. Don't try to do the pruning yourself because that tree is weakened and your weight on a branch uh, no matter what you weigh, your weight uh, could could cause a limb to break, and I don't want to read about you. Okay, if there, thank you for that. There, there is some bark on 
the tree, you know, six feet off the ground that is, I'll say, blistered or, or delaminating coming off the tree? Should I take all that dead bark off? No, I would let the tree. Like, I'd let the tree do that. No, I'd let the tree do that for itself to itself. Um, we saw that after the cold two years ago, it was called radial shake where the, the, the bark started to pop loose after a few months and some of it almost immediately. And, and it did, it kind of looked like a, a fault line, a wrinkle and, uh, in some trees, I'd let it happen. Don't, don't ever try to pull or peel or even trim. If it's standing out two inches away, then yes, you could take a utility knife and very carefully just cut it away but don't put any pull on it to to get it to separate or to determine if it is loose all right thank you very much Neil. yeah good luck i'm sorry that happened i, I hate tornadoes they're just the worst thing in the world good luck thanks for the call appreciate it let me go to mike in plano now mike this is neil one of my favorite topics how can i help you well i've got a friend that has some old infected um, knockout roses. And I've heard you suggest the dwarf cray myrtle as a good replacement. So I'd like to find, I get a suggestion on red dwarf cray myrtles, probably three, five feet tall. All right. And that would be the, the size that they come. Are you there? And oh, I'm sorry. It may evolve. Yeah. Can you hear me? All right. I can now. Yeah. It got delayed. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you know, I think there may be a little bit of a delay, and I haven't figured out exactly why that happens. Uh, the, the, my favorite of the dwarf crepe myrtles uh, is an old uh, group. There are, there are many uh, that are being brought into the marketplace by nurseries. My favorite remain the series that is called Petite Crepe Myrtles. Uh, that's, it's Petite Red Embers, Petite, uh, uh, man, well, Mandy is just Mandy but uh, uh, Petite, uh, Purple, and, and others. And they were introduced by Monrovia Nursery Company in 1960 to 62. But you'll, you'll find the Petite series uh, pretty commonly still sold. And, and they're the best there has ever been. They're wonderful. Um, and in, uh, since you're calling from the Metroplex, I'll tell you mm -hmm. two places that very frequently will have them. Uh, would be the Callaway's uh, organization will have a lot of them during the summer, and they'll probably be talking pretty quickly now. And Covington's in Rowlett usually has a yep. pretty good selection of the Petite series. Okay. All right. And uh, is that red variety, um, red, I'm sorry, red color, Do I need, can I go to uh, Crate Myrtle Org? Crate Myrtle, oh, I'm sorry, give me the website. And I can find that uh, Pacific one yeah, there. Our, our website. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, most of them are photographed, and most of them are my photos. Um, and the description, all that chart, I, I help, well, I put it together, is crepemyrtletrails.org, C-R-E-P-E, org. It's the website of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. And uh, then you want to click on the varieties, uh, so the pull-down tabs, and it'll take you to the 120 varieties, and, and you can also go to the ones that are most highly recommended. All the That'll do it. Series. Appreciate yeah, your help. You'll Happy love Saturday. Those. Beautiful. Well, the same to you. And one thing I'll also mention is that of all yep. the crepe myrtles, you got to hear this, and you got to, you got to, you'll, you'll, 
wash your ears out afterwards and say, did I hear him say that? They can be treated kind of like the uh, salvia gregi, uh, where we prune them pretty dramatically in February. We prune salvia gregi back like it's a woody perennial salvia that mm -hmm. we trim back about halfway, kind of like the kind of like the roses. And in the case of the petite grape myrtles, because you're keeping them short, they can be pruned. You know how I try to get people not to top grape myrtles. <laughs> in this case, with the petite series, you can prune those. If people want to take out their abuse on crepe myrtles, do it on the petites. Don't do it on the others. So, like I say, yeah, you can't believe it came out of my mouth, but there it was. <laughs> so, how, how far back? Have a good day. Thanks for the call, Mike. Yeah. Say, oh, halfway, and, okay. and they'll they'll come back with a flush of new growth. You can keep them nice and even that way, and they're just beautiful. We had a there's an old yard in the city I live in in McKinney. This this program goes uh, all over the state, and people don't know where I live exactly. So I live in McKinney, and in one of the older neighborhoods, there was a, a family that or a, a couple that lived there, and they always pruned their petite crepe myrtles back uh, halfway. And mm -hmm. uh, and I watched that for a while, for several years, and I thought, they are on to that. That that works beautifully, <laughs> and so that's been 40 years it's ago. It's flourished, huh? I've been okay. ever since. Yep, it, it Thank did you, work. sir. So, anyway, have a great th one. You're welcome. Have a good one. Bye bye. All right, we're going coming back after this break to a Wayne in Belleville, and we're going to change topics considerably. We have a couple of open lines now at 888-256-1080. Give me a call now, won't you? 888-256-1080. My book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I believe that yard that I just described is in the book. I'll look it up during the break, and I'll tell you on the other side uh, of the uh, Petite Crepe Myrtles. I believe that exact yard is in there. Uh, I hope that you will uh, get a copy of my book. I will guarantee that you will be happy with the book, or I will buy it, buy it back. You'll get every penny back, and uh, nothing to worry. You cannot lose on this one, and uh, I've made that promise uh, for all 78, 79,000 copies that I've sold now. I think it's about 78. And uh, I have not had anybody ask for a refund out of all of those. I'm, I'm frankly, first of all, humbled and secondly, kind of amazed because uh, you never know. There might be somebody who was thinking I was going to be talking about wildflowers or native plants or something. This is about landscaping and gardening and the plants that are most successful for you. And they're not all native plants. So anyway, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. Things about soils and hardiness zones and, and uh, things of that. So chapter two is the 48 page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. Chapter three through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. 840 of my photographs, 344 pages. It's a hardback. It was printed in San Antonio on high-quality paper. Everything I just told you would be ching, 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 run the price up, but it didn't. The book is only $36.95. You'd get a paperback for that price normally. This is a hardback. It's a high-quality book. The reason the price is so low is because I did not put it in stores. I did not put it on Amazon. You buy it directly from me. They're sitting in my garage right now, climate-controlled garage, and I sign them right there, and I get them in the mail. I was a couple days behind this week in getting them signed, but they're all in the mail this time, and I'll start another round of them tonight. I'm going to sign tonight. 
So I hope that uh, I have a chance to show you the book and I you'll be happy with it. There are two ways you can buy it. For $36.95, that's a sale price, by the way, for a limited time more. The two ways you can buy it are to go to my website or call my office. Call my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. That's 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to go to my website, and that is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And uh, we welcome you to our last uh, 20 minutes of the program today. Uh, the uh, photo I have in my book of the dwarf crepe myrtles is uh, is of the yard, but it's cropped in tightly. You can't really see the, the whole benefit of it, so won't go any farther there. Uh, I know on the website, crepemyrtletrails.org, C-R-A-P-E, crepemyrtletrails.org, uh, that I have that uh, yard photographed. So anyway, that will... Uh, that will be of help. Give me a call if you will. Need another call or two to finish out the program. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We have Wayne in Belleville, as promised. Wayne, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've been yes, listening sir? to your program. I've been listening to your program probably forty years, and I do have your latest book, uh, signed book, and I appreciate your uh, in- information. And I have a, what I think is unusual. I don't know. You probably not thinking so, but a white blue bonnet. Lovely, beautiful. Aren't they pretty? Yeah. They're pristine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, have uh, you? Uh, have you? Go ahead. I, I marked it so I can. Uh, it should. It, it's gone to seed, but it, it hadn't dried out yet. So I'll, I'll probably go back. Well, I know we'll go back this next week, and. Uh, uh, try to gather the seeds that's too soon they won't be ready yet uh what i would suggest to you is uh take a uh it it's too soon even to wrap them but what i would do is uh if you have a little piece of gauze or a piece of pantyhose or something of that sort that you can uh, put over the end of the well just put over the seed pod uh, when they begin to get brown uh, and, and secure it with a rubber band or with a twist them or something of that sort. So if they should begin to open up and, and let the seeds fall, then you could collect the seeds that way. But it's it's way too soon to be worried about the seeds. Don't harvest them. Don't pick them until they until the they're called sutures, until the um, the seams start to split open. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons and the work that he has done with blue bonnets. He's uh, a very good 40-year friend of mine uh, in San Antonio mm. worked with the Extension Service. He's now retired. Jerry's goal back in uh, the late 70s, early 80s was to develop a Texas flag in red, white, and blue. The blue was no problem. He had mm-hmm. white blue bonnets that he had isolated and grew, but to find a good pure red was the challenge. There were some some reddish ones. But he set out to do that. He did not make it. And he was trying to do that for the sesquicentennial in, in 1986. He didn't make it for that, but he did eventually accomplish it. 
so he can plant the Texas flag in red, white, and blue. Well, yeah. Jerry never content with anything. I know Jerry well. I can say that and smile. He's on the air right now and he can't hear me. Uh, he's never content with anything. He's just always doing something. And he decided he didn't want to stop there, so he has developed an Aggie maroon blue bonnet. Mm. And mm -hmm. he also has a purple blue bonnet for TCU, and he has some other colors. And I don't want to say that I'm not suggesting anything with this next comment, but they're somehow accidentally some of the Aggie maroon ones just I have no idea how it could have happened ended up germinating in the blue bonnet patch at the University of Texas a few years ago, <laughs> and they bloom beautifully there. It just a random accident, I guess, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. I'm sure I'm sure Jerry had nothing to do with it. But anyway, he's, he's a good friend. And and uh, but he has he has fields of blue bonnets south of San Antonio. When I was printing my book, I had Jerry show me around down there. And it's acres and acres of these. It's been his life's hobby and his retirement uh, work. He's he's wonderful. So aren't they before? I'll tell you what I'll also, Wild Seed Farms in Fredericksburg has worked closely with him, and you can find a lot of these through them. So you can supplement what you have from yours and maybe have some other colors, too. It's it's a, a beautiful thing to do. So that's my story. Very good. All right. Appreciate it. Well, I, like I said, I didn't know how rare it was because uh, it's only the first time I've the, ever the, seen them. The, Pretty unusual, pretty unusual. Yeah. I'll also make yeah. the comment that when I was in high school and uh, I didn't play football, but uh, Belleville beat us since at A&M Consolidated, so you're lucky okay. I even talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 didn't go, I, did, I didn't go to school there. I didn't move, move there until uh, 1975, so. Uh, well, we're uh, friends. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But, but but when you yeah. when you get on the field when you get on the field, there's no such thing as a friend. But after afterwards, everybody's friends. Everybody's friends. You're exactly right. Have a great All day. Right. Take yeah, care. Sir. Thanks for the call. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you, sir. Uh huh. Bye bye. All right, folks. Give me a call right now, if you will, please. It's eight 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 two five six ten eighty. Love to hear from you. Let me tell you about. Uh, let me tell you about my uh, electronic newsletter. It's called. Gardens. In fact, I have done stories on, on Jerry Parsons and shown his uh, blue bonnets uh, uh, in e-gardens. And I, I frequently ask Jerry for help on things. He, uh, his PhD was in vegetable management. And Jerry is an unusual person because he has, uh, he was the one, he was, he and, and Greg Grant and Dr. Steve George were the ones who brought to us Gold Esperanza and, um, so many other plants, a firebush, so many other plants that we grow frequently now. And uh, so that's the, the magnitude of uh, importance of Dr. Jerry Parsons. And I talk about a lot of those plants in eGardens, my newsletter. Anyway, to the point, it comes out uh, every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m. Uh, from my computer directly to your email. It is free and always will be free. We've done it for 19 years now. There are five stories in each week's eGardens. One of the stories is always a feature plant of the week. Another of the stories is always gardening this weekend where I point out the things that you need to do that weekend so that you'll know.
exactly what needs to be planted and pruned and all of the other things in your landscape and garden. I hit the highlights on that one for the whole state of Texas. Kind of interesting to see what people in other parts of Texas are needing to do. And then the question and answer uh, section, I have really uh, gotten uh, uh, into because I answer 10 questions each week that readers have uh, have uh, emailed in. And uh, so again, it's interesting to see what's going on across the state. A steel sprays e-gardens. If you want to see what it looks like, you go to my website. That's where you buy my book also, but it's also where you sign up for e-gardens. You click on the e-gardens tab and you can see the most recent issue of it. And uh, I'm confident that when you see it, you'll say, yep, I want to sign up for that. That's uh, Neil Sperry's eGardens at Neil Sperry and E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. At Mueller, they believe in value. Their value plus buildings are pre-engineered and feature an easy to assemble, bolt together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail resistant and they come back by a third year limited paint warranty. But true value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. That true value shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. Mueller understands that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision, and Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money, you get more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. Call Mueller today. That's at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, or visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, thank you very, very much. And uh, let's uh, go right to the phones. We'll go to Tom in Dumas. Tom, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thanks for the call. What can I do for you? Say, uh, we've had a tremendous drought last three years or so. I've got uh, a line of evergreens on the west side of my drive, and then a line of junipers that are huge and doing quite well on their own. But the evergreens are looking a little peaked. I don't know what kind they are, but if you trim anything off, they don't have any regrowth whatsoever. But I was a fr farmer friend of mine said, probably put some nitrogen on those evergreens. And I'd like your opinion on that. When you say evergreens, are you talking about um, are you talking about something like uh, you may not know arborvitae when you see them? That was a plant that was around a long time ago, maybe four decades ago, and they were used to line drives and and used for windbreaks also. They have uh, their needles arranged kind of like if you held your hand out uh, to say stop to somebody in in that flat plane. Uh, is that oh, the way man. these are arranged? <laughs> They're not arborvitaes, I know that. And they're about uh, I just asked. 25, <laughs> 25 years old. Well, the reason I ask that, if they're, if they're cone, are they conifers? Are they cone-bearing plants? Or are they broadleafed evergreens? No, 
No, they have, they have no, they bear nothing. Okay. Well, the reason I'm asking is that if you have a cone bearing or a, a conifer, whether it has cones or not, um, they, they do not have dormant buds. They are very reluctant to send out any new growth. I think your first step is to find out what you have, because if you do any pruning, then you're kind of wasting time trying to get them to, to send out new shoots, even with nitrogen. Your friend is correct. Nitrogen will promote new growth. I would suggest you try one small area out of sight and put the nitrogen uh, on down water well and see if you can get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just out of time. Hey, everybody. Happy gardening.